and welcome to your Royal Rooters podcast, your hub for your nine-time World Series champion, Boston Red Sox, your, your six-time Super Bowl champion, New England Patriots, your 17-time NBA champion, Boston Celtics, your six-time Stanley Cup champion, Boston Bruins, and your 11-time national champions in football, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. I'm your host, Tom O'Shea. All right. So we're going to do a segment start off the show. It's called the GOAT segment. And if you don't know what a GOAT is, I was kind of a little confused too. Uh, GOAT, mean, GOAT means uh, greatest of all time. That's kind of like the initials or the lettering for uh, greatest of all time. So we're going to do a uh, segment of a uh, GOAT or everything about GOATs basically. Like basically... um. For like all the five, like Notre Dame, Red Sox, Bruins, Celtics, and Patriots, like we'll do like a go go player, a go coach, and a goat season. And, and when I first thought um at first I thought goat meant, and that's what I usually meant like goat meant uh um you were blamed or like it's your fault why we lost this game basically, but now it kind of means you're the greatest of all time basically. So, yeah, let's go. Let's get into it. All right, GOATs. Okay, for uh, Notre Dame, a GOAT player is... Um, well, the GOAT player is uh, Joe Montana. And the reason why I called him the GOAT player is mainly because, uh, like, basically, he was kind of like the comeback kid of uh, um. Notre Dame, like, I felt like he, like, came back from, like, let's see, a certain amount of games. Or, like, he uh, brought his team back to a certain amount of games. They're, like, he played from, let's see, school history. Um, let's see, stats-wise. In uh, passing, let's see. He is, um, crap. Well, he's not. Well, he's, uh, 13th. Uh, he played from 1975 to 1978. But, like, I think the one thing where he was a comeback kid was, uh, the 1978 combo where, uh, he basically brought back his team, which was down. Let's see. I'll go back. Sorry about this. Let's see. Usually, there really isn't really a GOAT player for, like, Notre Dame football, I feel. But, um, here it is, the 1979-78 Con Bowl. And, let's see. He led the, let's see. We'll get to it. Yeah, we're looking on a college football reference. The stat. So their team was down. All right, we can't find that page. Never mind. Well, they were down certain amount of points, and they came back and won the game. Against Houston in the combo. 
So that was one. Like, and that was his performance in that game basically kind of submitted that kind of like comeback kit. He's kind of like the Tom, what Tom Brady was for the Patriots. Like, he always wielded his team back from being down certain amount of runs or certain amount of points. Um, let's see. Um, go coach. There's no question about this. Nuke Rockney. He, uh, let's see. He might be leading in a uh, coaching wins, but I'd be wrong on that too. I heard Kelly was kind of, Brian Kelly was kind of like, uh, getting up there and wins too. So he might've surpassed them, but we shall look. see coaches all right so he leads in coaching wins with um 105 wins as i can see here so he had 105 wins 12 losses and five ties with an 881 win percentage and he was he basically built Notre Dame from 1918 to 1930. He basically built Notre Dame, and he was a good pep talk person. Although to start out with, he kind of had a stuttering problem. So we'll show you a little bit of uh, that speech. Alan Ewan Colwick of Valley End. The same back with Jimmy Ewan. Alan, Jimmy, and Nimi. Now, the success of any team, then, based on team play, that has been shown all year. Sacrifice, unselfish sacrifice. These are the fellas they say are pretty good, but I think we're better. And I think we get ourselves here to a point where we're confident that by the results we're taking out of themselves. Right now in the kickoff, if we receive the little man dropped back on the receiver and block long. No more inside. If we kick off, we're going to see team walk. Let's put down a pass. This is fast, gentlemen. And then we go on defense. And on defense, I want to center. Get out of that line. I'm going to the situation. Use your old head. Now I want you guys charging through as far as you can go. On the play. Expect the play right over here every time. And the tackle, they want you to go in a yard and a half. And then check yourself. Put your feet. Basically, yeah, he was just that great of a uh, pep talk guy. And he was that great of a nerding football coach that, like, they made a movie out of him in 1940, 10 years after he died, or nine years after he died, yeah. 
So, um, and it's called Rock or New Rock Me All American, starring Pat pa- or Pat uh Pat O'Brien and uh our fortieth president of the United States, probably my favorite president, Ronald Reagan. Yeah. It's George Gibb. One one for the Gepper. Alright, at uh number or at the GOAT season, I would say uh nineteen eighty eight. Maybe because they won so many games, and I felt like that was basically kind of like the last Notre Dame, like actual great Notre Dame season. They won, like they broke their school record of wins, I believe, with uh, 12. I felt like the greatest game of that game or season was uh, the Miami game they had. They basically came in there kind of feeling like the underdogs against some really defending national champion Miami team, and they basically took them to the house and basically held them on to the last minute and came out winning. I like a point. All right. Now on to the Red Sox goats. And let's see. Probably the greatest player of all time for the Red Sox. There's no question. And he's my favorite player growing up, David Ortiz. Let's see. Yeah, maybe I feel like he has uh he has 500 or plus, 500 plus home runs in his career. And most of the guys, like, all the retired numbers, like, except for maybe Pedro, he has rings. He has free rings. Well, I mean, Wade Boggs does have a, does have a ring, but he won it with the Yankees, though. And, like, he's a, he has come up with so many clutch hits. Game for the 2004 ALCS. Walk-off home run to end it. Um, game 5 of the World Series, or Game 5 of the... Uh, uh, game five, the the following night, or what? Well, what well, was like a kind of like a walk off single slash double? And I'm trying to find this home run. It was game two of the ALCS. They were down four to, or down. Um, they were down uh five to one. Bases loaded. David Ortiz comes up the bat. See, and he hits a grand slam to win it, or a grand slam to tie it. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. Yeah, sorry. Let's see. Here we are. All right, here we are. Red Sox trailing five to one, and Poppy gets in. The big right-hander, Benoit, delivers. Swing a high deep round to right field. That was going to the right. Hunter on the move, racing back to the right. Pitch it off. It's in the bullpen. This game is tied. This game is tied. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. Glory Hunter. Wow. And the Red Sox have come back from the grave to tie it in the game. 
So yeah, basically, uh, he had came up with very clutch home runs and mainly memorable stuff that us Red Sox fans can remember. And we can kind of be thankful him and a couple of other players in 04 made it to like now we're having like some great times as Red Sox fans winning championships and stuff like that. Goat, manager, or coach, I would say Terry Karakona. Mainly because of his success of bringing a World Series and now winning too. So like he probably has maybe the most or tied the most with uh, Bill Kerrigan for World Series wins. I felt like he was basically a manager who really did his job there. He really like brought the Red Sox back to uh, prominence. Although he wasn't there for the last two World Series titles in 13 and 18. Yeah, he's now with the Cleveland Indians now. The GOAT season, um, I would say 2018. Maybe because of the, breaking the franchise record and how many other records we had too. Like this was the first start or the start of the season was the best start we had in our 118 win, or 108 or 19 or 117 uh, at the time, 117 year history of the season. Of the uh, of our franchise, and we broke records like Frank Kona broke some records that haven't been broken since the 1890s. That was even before the Red Sox were even like it was around when the St. Louis Red Chickens were alive. That's not a real team, by the way. Um, so yeah, he was breaking records. We had our first 100 win season since the end of World War II. We broke our franchise record of wins that was held by the 1912 team that ended up winning the World Series that year too. They won 105, and the Red Sox won 108 and ended up winning the World Series that year, too. And they steamrolled for the whole entire postseason, too. They took down the Yankees in four games in the uh, best-of-five series in the ALDS, took down the defending World Series champ Houston Astros in a five-game five series, four games to one, to win the pennant, and then took out the Dodgers, who everybody was hoping they would win but didn't win. And basically steamroll over them in the World Series in a five-game series, four games to one. And probably part of the one of the best seasons you're probably ever going to see ever again. All right. So, let's see. Bruins, GOATs. I would say um, GOAT player is Bobby Orr. Maybe because what he meant to the city of Boston. Like, basically, like... Uh, what he brought his fan, like maybe, and because also people are still wearing his jersey today, his number four jersey. I took a stat or took a picture of uh, the statue in front of the TD Garden, or I tried to do impersonate some flying through the air, and that's another thing too. Game winning goal, and he gets tripped up, that makes an iconic, that makes that iconic photo of him flying through the air, even though that almost looked like it was kind of a little bit of an accent too, like he got tripped up. But it made for a really good photo, him flying through the air. And that's the most iconic hockey photo you'll probably ever see of game four of the 1970, uh, um, 1970, let's see, 1970, oh, yeah, Stanley Cup. I, my brain's melting. All right, let's see if we can find a vi YouTube video of that. Bobby. Let's see. 
angle. After this ad, here's Picard out to Jackalstone. Back to his own line to Jean Guy Talbot. Talbot up to Keenan. He missed it, and Bobby Orr flipped it on a center to Sanderson. Sanderson shooting it into the St. Louis song. Racing in his club for Bruins. Sanderson up close to the top, and Talbot third. Here's Don Orry a shot. That's blocked by Calvin. Now Sanders to the drive, and that one So yeah, that's probably one of the reasons why he's probably one of the greatest of all time. The greatest coach of all time, I would say, Art Ross. And the reason why is basically because he was basically one of the first coaches of the Boston Bruins when they started off in the 1920s. Let's see. And he, I think he might have the career or uh, the wins or the lead the franchise uh, record for uh, most wins as a coach, but I can look that up using hockey reference. I can let go. Jeez. All right. Let's see. Wins, 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 wins. Art Ross. Uh, never mind. He's second in uh, career wins, but uh, to Claude Julian. But he did like he does have a nod on him on one thing. He did win uh three Stanley Cups. I think that's the most for a Boston Bruins coach. So that adds it up there. Like he has a three, and Claude Julian won one with the 2011 Boston Bruins, the last team to win a Stanley Cup. Probably the only time in my life I've seen the Bruins win a cup. I could have seen them won a cup last year, but St. Louis got in the way of that. And 2013, um, I don't think we were going to beat the Blackhawks. It was fun to get there, but I don't think we were going to beat. We were going to have beaten the Blackhawks. They were just too good, that team. Uh, probably the 1972 team is the best season for the Bruins. Maybe because of the wins and basically because of the players they had. They had Orr, Sanderson. Let's see. We can look that up too. Let's see. Phil Esposito. Yeah, they had Phil Esposito. They're basically the big bad Bruins at the time they were. Yeah. 
Let's see. Let's see. They had a uh, crap. I want to go there. Alright, they said they had Johnny Busick. Yeah, Johnny Busick. Gary Cheever's the best goalie, and he had probably one of the best goalie seasons he had in a in a ever as a Boston Bruins goalie. Wayne Cashman, Phil Esposito, Ted Green, Ken Hodge, Eddie Johnston, John McKenzie, Terry O'Reilly. Oh, he won a cup with them. Bobby Orr, as I said, Gary Peters. Basically, yeah, they basically had like oh, a lot of guys on here. Derek Sanderson, I said that. So that team was stacked. And Tom Johnson was their coach. So let's see. Yeah. They basically kind of breezed through the whole uh, thing. They took down the Maple Leafs in the quarterfinals, swept the Blues in the semifinals. Okay. Um, and no, they were part of the, well, I mean, conferences back then were different. Um, And took down the Rangers in the Stanley Cup. Oh, no way. Yeah, so that's good. All right. Okay, Celtics Goats. Um, I would say uh, Bill Russell. Uh, yeah, and he did edge out Larry Bird. The reason why is because I felt like Bill Russell won 11 more championships than Larry Bird. Or he won uh, 11 to Larry Bird's three, so eight more championships. And he was kind of the epitome of the perfect team player. Yes, he didn't like playing in Boston, especially at a time where, like, blacks were not really welcomed in the city of Boston and kind of, like, treated kind of, like, not too great in the city of Boston. You, If you were an African-American at the time and living in Boston, that was – you might be not too well off during that time. But he still – he loved playing for the Celtics, and he loved playing for guys like Red Auerbach, who is not – who now is now, I'm going to say – the GOAT coach for the Celtics because he basically built that team up for a team that was kind of yeah, not really great at the beginning of the start, but then turned them into champions and turned them into why the Celtics are one of the story franchises in the NBA to a point where they won eight straight championships in a row from 1959 to 1966. And that's the longest streak that any team in North America has done since ever. Uh, probably the GOAT season, I would say the 1986 season, maybe because how many wins they have compared to all the other Celtics championships they had, 67. That's not their franchise record, but that's probably bet most better than pretty much everybody else. Um, they had the probably the best home record they had in their season, 40-1. and one. They only lost one four-row game uh, or one home game during the regular season. And basically, uh, they had the best uh, front court or back court in uh, their uh, team history. And people have said like they would put that team up against anybody, anybody with the fate of humanity at the balance. So yeah, all right. So we're going to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, we're going to do uh, Patriots goats and do uh, sports news and stuff like that, kind of wrap things up. So don't go anywhere. Bye. All right, we're back. And uh, now we're going on to uh, Patriots, uh, Patriots goats. Probably the greatest player of all time. I mean, there is no question about it. It's Tom Brady. It is Tom Brady. 
And anybody wants to debate, debate that, they, they can come and beat that. Because mainly because he has brought so many championships to the New England Patriots. He leads in, let's see, like, he is basically like, yeah, probably one of the top quarterbacks. I think either, let's see, passing rate. Basically, he's the reason why the Patriots have like six Super Bowl championships. Man, because what he has done and brought to New England. Let's see. I knew uh, he has a. Uh, let's come on. Right, passing yards, career passing yards. Here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Career passing yards. He is second all time, just behind Tom, or uh, Drew Brees, with a uh, probably like. Three or three thousand more, or three thousand less, or something like that. So, so he is beating out Peyton Manning. Let's see, uh, leaders. Yeah, I think that's all about it. All right, career touchdowns. Oh, never mind. All right, never mind. These are stuff. all right. Never mind. Screw that. All right. So yeah, basically yeah. He's probably one of the top players or top passers behind True Brees, though. Although I feel like he might pass True Brees. I feel like. Or maybe not. I'm not really sure. But I know he's going to probably be one of the best uh, I've ever seen in New England so far. Go coach, I would say, uh, Bill Belichick. Mainly because he was also kind of one of the main architects, too, of building that franchise, too. His coaching, scouting, and he is basically a guy like he's kind of a Greg Popovich. He does not mess about there. And there have been stories of points where, like, if a player does something that Bill Belichick does not like and stuff like that, or pisses him off, he's gone. The player is gone. <laughs> yep. Goodbye. <sighs> Thank you for your service. I've heard people like even being late to practice, he might even release you or like penalize you and stuff like that. He did that to a Malcolm Butler, which kind of did cost us in Super Bowl 52. Let's see. Super Bowl. And I believe the GOAT season for the Patriots is uh, 2016, which it led to Super Bowl 51. Reasons is because the start off the year, Brady had a suspension or like four game suspension for his part in kind of flake gate. And uh and they start off the year with a won the first three games of their four games. Handily too. They only lost the last one after Tom Brady's suspension. When he came back, they only lost one game. And that was the Seahawks game on uh Sunday night football. And basically, they just basically just rallied back. And when they got to the Super Bowl, they were down with uh, nine minutes and uh, 58 seconds left in the third quarter. The score was Atlanta 50 or Atlanta 28, the Patriots, um, Patriots free. So, yeah. It almost looked like, and I would tell a story too. Like, I was at a Super Bowl party and I thought, they're not going to come back. So I decided to went home, but Southern told me that I should probably, like, if I get back home, 
I should turn on TV and watch the rest of it. So I did, and I'm glad I turned it back on. Because what I saw with in that third quarter with nine minute with almost like less than nine minutes or over nine minutes left, they found a way and they fought back. They were down with a twenty-eight with like a twenty-five points and basically erased it. Send the game into overtime. And they had the first drive, and I'm trying to find this first drive. The final drive of that season. All right, here it is. Let's see. After this. Although the Patriots broadcast was much more better. Let's see. If we can find that one, that would be great. Because I feel like... I felt like the one with the... Um, Joe Buck was kind of a little weird. or just It wasn't like as big. I feel like the... Oh, here we are. Here we are. Here's the... Yeah, the I yeah. So like, I had to play the radio one because the radio Patriots radio was a lot better. So, uh, all right, that would do it for goats. All right, so let's get into news. Red Sox news. World Series is over, and your World Series champions for 2019 are the Washington Nationals, who won the series four games to three in a seven-game series. And stunned the baseball world. A team that basically had no shot of winning the World Series to begin the year. Basically got snuck into the wild card. Beat the Brewers in the wild card game. Took down the Dodgers, the best, or the number one seeded National League team in a five-game series. Best of five series. Three games to two. Took down or swept the Cardinals in four-game series. And then took down the Astros, whoever was picking the win in the World Series in seven games in the four game four games of free series. All right. So offseason begins. It begins. Free agents. Um let's see. I know let's see. Hold on. Strasburg This is interesting. Strasburg dropped out. Huh. There might be something there. We're thinking of trading people. I also heard that we could trade David Price, Nathan Valdi, and even Chris Sale. 
to the Rangers, so maybe we can pick up Strasburg. That might be a free agent option. Let's see. Steve Pierce elected to go into free agency. Want Yoli Sasing uh, elected to go into free agency. Andrew Kasher, thank God, went is going in the free agency. Rick Porcello is going to free agency. Mitch Moreland, the free agency, and uh, Brock Hole in the free agency. Um, and JD could opt out of his contract, but depending, like he's going to decide this uh, weekend whether he's going to or not. So he might be going to. Who the Red Sox should get if? Well, here's the thing: if they uh, JD does opt out, I feel like I heard that Edwin Encarnacion. Uh, the the Yankees declined his uh option club option, so there might be something in there. I mean, we were kind of, uh, David Ortiz, who was uh him and uh Poppy are basically buddies and fellow countrymen from the DR. Um, he tried recruiting him or tried getting them to come sign with the Red Sox at one point. Um, let's see, Cole Calhoun's a good choice. Um, for a free agent, I was a yes, Monty Grandall was a good option too. I think who else? Um, let's see. Yeah, I think those are probably the options I got right now. First impressions of Heinem Lou. I really, I kind of liked him. He's a, even the press conference they had, he did not sound like he had a robotic voice. His like answers were down to earth and basically were kind of like cutthroat or basically just, uh, they were to the point. They weren't like robotic. They weren't like veering off to the point. They were down to the bottom to the or like basically they made sense. Like made you feel good about things. And I heard from Willie Adamas, uh, one of the Ray the Rays uh of the Rays. He basically said that uh you basically are getting the Red Sox are getting a really good guy in uh Heinem Lou. Heinem, like Luck Heim. Yeah. He kind of does look like a JFK, a young little JFK. So yeah, could the Red Sox trade J or Mookie Betts and JBJ? I feel like they're probably gonna trade Mookie Betts. I just feel like they do because they were talking in the press conference like as in of Mookie in past tense, like saying he's already gone, he's already gone. JBJ, I mean, if somehow, um, oh, let's. Or uh, J.D. Martinez does opt out, and they might try to re-sign Mookie Best, which I don't see it how. And they trade JBJ. They could move uh, Mookie to uh, center field, which if that's the case, uh, Mike Trout maybe just uh, just ended all right there because basically Mookie basically just took the whole war right from him. So, yeah, I felt like that was basically kind of the only thing that kept Mike Trout from being in the war because he played center field, and that was basically kind of the thing. For war and stuff like that. All right. Nerd Aim News. And this was a big bounce back week for Nerd Aim against Virginia Tech because the final score of that game was 21 to 20, Nerd Aim. Although, to begin with, it didn't seem like that. It felt like we were just going to get upset and embarrassed by a not so great Virginia Tech team. Costly turnovers, especially interceptions and stuff like that, and bad penalties were killing the Notre Dame offense. And the start, the end, the half, the head and the half, or the end, the first half, they fumbled the ball, and Virginia Tech, uh, Divine Diablo, 
basically took it back for a 98 uh, fumble recovery touchdown. Well, with two, with almost like uh, less than three minutes left in the game, Notre Dame made a last-minute drive capped off by an Ian Book for, Ian Book uh, run in for the end zone with 35 seconds left, and defense basically took care of the rest of it too. And Notre Dame. So that's kind of where I'm kind of glad that Ian Book can't run because he basically took the football right into the end zone and won it, tied it up, and then field goal basically took the lead, 21-20. So next week is Duke. Duke is not really supposed to be good. Although basketball league, they're good, but in football, yeah, nope. <laughs> so this should be an easy win. I thought Virginia Tech would be an easy win, but they weren't today. So, so yeah, and that's the thing, too. Virginia Tech fought, like, after three years, they can come back in here again and win, but not so fast. Not so fast. You're not going to fool us again like you did three years ago. This is a different Notre Dame team. Yeah. Yeah. Hope we don't lose to Duke like we did three years ago in 2016. That was an embarrassing win. I thought at that point, I thought this season's done. Notre Dame is not going to contend. Patriots news: another W for the Patriots against the Cleveland Browns. A let's see. So the final score of that game was. See, I know they beat the Cleveland Browns. I'm trying to find out what the final score of that game was. I think it was 27-13, but I could be wrong there too. Week 8. Here we are. Yeah, 27-13, so I was right. Against a Cleveland Browns team. And that was uh, Bill Belichick's third win of the or – or 300 career win of his career. Which, uh, let's see, coaches, let's see, coaches. All right, so he is third behind uh, George Hollis and uh, Don Shula for career wins. So, is that right? Should be, should be more than that. I, think, I don't think this thing is updated yet. But yeah, he's third behind George Hallis and uh, Don Shula for career runs. So yeah, he's getting up there. I feel like he could pass it. I feel like he could. Other news: Josh Gordon is now no longer a New England Patriots, and now as the team releases him, and he is claimed off waivers by the Seattle Seahawks. And now I say best of luck to him. Best of luck to. Uh, Josh Gordon, and I hope he does well in Seattle. Yeah, I hope they uh he gets more of a chance than we could have gave him. It really is a shame because I felt like he could have been a really good wide receiver, and he could have came out of there with the Super Bowl ring. All right, so next week's uh tomorrow night Sunday night football against the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore, I believe. See in Baltimore, I think so. Yep, in Baltimore, one of the Ravens fans, and they're and they're supposed to be a tough team too. They're supposed to be tough. 
So this might be a test this year. Might be one of the first tests of the year. All right. Bruins news. So uh, weekly scores. Let's see. They played the Sharks, and tonight the Ottawa Senators have won both games. I will give you the scores of those games and who scored for the Bruins. So uh, a blowout win for the Bruins as they beat out the San Jose Sharks 5-1, to one, my second favorite uh, NHL team. Pasternak had a goal, his 12th of the year. David Krejci, or David Krejci had his first goal of the year. Coming back. Charlie Coyle, Chris Wagner, and Brandon Carlo both had uh, goals tonight. Or goals in this game against uh, uh, San Jose as they uh, wipe or annihilated the Sharks 5-1. to one. And tonight, the Bruins beat the Senator, Ottawa Senators 5-2 to two in another blowout win. Pasternak with a goal, his 13th. Bergeron. Dan Hyden, Brad Marchand, and uh, Jake DeBrusque both had goals. So right now, they are sitting at a, a top of the Atlantic Division. And let's see. They are second in the league in, uh, with the best record behind the Washington Capitals. Although, uh, yeah. So it's mainly point-wise. Like, their game, like, we are, like, one point behind the... Washington Capitals, it's kind of weird. So they usually go by points uh, to decide uh, uh, league standings and stuff like that. So, But we're second, which is pretty good. Could this team really be legit? Could this team win a Stanley Cup? Early to tell, but I'm just kind of looking like that. kind of looks like they could defend the Stanley Cup. After, as a really been a great start, too. You would think, like, basically, like, taking part in the Stanley Cup, they would basically be out of it. Like a kind of like Stanley Cup hangover where like they pre like say what St. Louis is going through right now, but they're kind of beating over this uh, hangover. I feel like, because that takes a lot out of you, that whole Stanley Cup I've been hearing. Like it takes a whole lot about it. It took a whole lot about these guys. Stuff like that. So it seems uh, a fan Earlier today, I saw, like, on the way to, or David Parsnock was on his way to the game tonight. <clears throat> and it seems a fan basically hit his car. And Ian Book took a, or uh, not Ian, uh, uh, David Parsnock take a, took a, let's see, where is it? Uh, it's not there. I took a photo with uh, this fan. Well, that was pretty neat. That was kind of a good moment there. So then, so on. Finally, it's a uh, Celtics news. Weekly scores. So the Celtics uh, played the Bucks and the Knicks this week. Week, and uh, the final score of uh, Wednesday's game, the Celtics won one hundred sixteen to one hundred five against the Milwaukee Bucks, who basically last year basically ended their season and basically like manhandled him, manhandled them, in. <coughs> In their own home court. But this time. It almost looked like in this game. That uh, the Bucks are going to do the same thing again. And they headed into halftime with a 19 point lead. 
but reminiscent of uh, the 27-2018 Celtics. They found a way to come back, no problem. And they bounced their way, or rallied their way all the way back from being down 19 points to win the game, 116-105. Kemba Walker with delay and stuff like that. Marcus Smart had a good game. Um, and against the Knicks, they came out that in a, with a game-winning three-pointer or two-pointer by Jason Tatum. After Marcus Smart or Marcus Morris was having a night or revenge night against his own former team, but not so fast. Jason Tatum got the ball and basically controlled the game from there, and the Celtics held on to beat the Knicks 100 or 104 to 102. Kemmer Walker's been stepping up too. The last couple of game, last couple of games or last three games, he's been scoring 30 something points. That's really good. That's what we really need out of him. And I felt like, too, he's more of a team leader than uh, Kyrie Irving is. Um, where Kemba Walker is taking guys out to a dinner and movies and stuff like that, Kyrie Irving did not have any, want anything to do with any of the guys. Like, there was none of that last year. And these, guys, these Celtics are now being fun to watch again now. They love each other. They're young. They're youthful. And, like, they really want to be play together. And what I said about the 19-point uh, lead – Last year, Celtics will have quit. They will have never came back from points like that. But they find ways to win. They find ways to win. And like they love being around each other. Could it continue? I don't know. Maybe if they start losing more games, maybe not. I'm not sure. I feel like so far, so good. So far, so good. It's fun to watch now. The Kyrie saga continues in Brooklyn. Now there's word coming out that now Kyrie Irving is basically <coughs> kind of doing the same crap they did in Boston with the Celtics last year and basically kind of being a pain in the butt to them too. Yeah. So the whole Kyrie saga is kind of like falling over in Brooklyn now too. And there have also been stories too that like he was not a great team lead or team player to be with in uh, Cleveland either. He kind of have his problems with LeBron, but no one can get along with LeBron either. LeBron either. Alright, All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, thank you for uh, giving me this opportunity to keep doing what I love. Um, please uh, or follow my Twitter pages, which I'll mention in the details. Um, follow the show on, or... Subscribe, rate, and review on uh, or follow the show on uh, Instagram. That's uh, lowercase Royal Rooters 1992. Subscribe, rate, and review on Apple iTunes and give us a five star review if you can. Follow the show on Spotify. And so take it away, Pink Fong. Mommy shark to do 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 mommy shark to do 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 mommy shark. Daddy shark to do 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 daddy shark to do 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 daddy shark. Grandma shark to 
shark, do 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 Grandma shark, do 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 Grandma shark. Oh. 